Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwisi. Around the world in two minutes. And now you are back to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I am Sandra Ezekwisi. How can we improve our court system? How can we improve our court system? Have you ever needed to go to court? You who's listening to the show, have you sued somebody or been sued by somebody? If you have, I'm sure that um, you have some stories to tell. Maybe they're good, maybe they're horror stories, but I'd like to hear them on the show uh, if you do call us eventually to share your story. Today's big hard fact is that according to the 2012 Lagos State Committee to review the civil procedure rules the average judge has 20 cases on her docket a day that's congestion there is no way that a judge can clear 20 cases a day so it just keeps piling up but congestion isn't the only problem they have we have conflicting court orders and judgments we have confusion about what judgments mean we have cases going on in parallel courts we have a lot of issues with nigerian courts and that's why the average nigerian is afraid of the courts so today i want us to find out why these things happen And what can be done to improve the court system? So today is one of those days that you learn something great uh, on hard facts. So we're going to learn and we're going to try and understand how the courts will help us be better. Now, I have a bunch of guests on the show with me today. They're all legal practitioners. Nikia Rompolo is my first guest. Uh, Ilemona Onoja is my second guest. And I also have on the show with me, Kende uh, Dauda. Kende Dauda is also a legal practitioner right here. Uh, Daudu, sorry, not Dauda, Daudu. Kende Daudu on the show with me. And three of them are going to be um, helping us make sense of the Nigerian court system. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, fantastic. Do we have a yes, lemona? Yes, fantastic. Yes, is Kenda yep. here yet? No, he isn't. Okay, he's going to join us eventually. Now, as we go on, um, I, I want I want you to call into the show and talk to us about your court experience. You, have you had a case in court before? How long did the case last? Uh, was the judgment clear? What are the things about the courts that you want to see improved? What are the questions you have? Perhaps our legal practitioners on the show can help us answer those questions. Nikkei, let me start with you. Um, what, so, so within the last uh, week or two, we heard a lot about forum shopping. What is forum shopping? It's, it's action. Remember, so, so one of the forum shopping is, um, is chips available. Lack of a better word, it's where a litigant takes their case to before a judge or before a court that they feel be favorable to them that they feel will be favorable to them. So they basically shop for a court or for a jurisdiction where their matter will be heard hmm. and where the hearing or the um, judgment will be favorable to their court. That hmm. is just the long and short of it. Oh, okay. Is it so we're just going to you're just going to meet the person that would you know, give you that speech you want. I see. So it's it's not like a random thing, Elemona. It's not a it's not a random um, uh, a situation. You you actually on purpose go and meet a judge that you think will give you a favorable judgment, Elemona. Hello, Elemona. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Go ahead. Okay, so basically that's what forum shopping is. Mm. Going from one judge to the other. It isn't only going before. It is basically a trial trial by error kind of thing. Try your luck. You know, so if you go before one judge, you don't get what you want. You go before another judge, you don't get the order you want. You go before another judge. Mm. It's um, one of the nastiest ways of abusing the court processes because you suffer, um, you suffer litigators to have to go before several judges of coordinate jurisdiction to have to defend 
um, one same matter. So, 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 so what, we're trying to do, what we're trying to do on the show today is throw away a lot of the legal jargon. So you say uh, something jurisdiction. What did you say just now? Okay, coordinate of the same level. Uh-huh. Coordinate jurisdiction. So, so Lawyers let's, or um, let's judges of the regular same English. level. Let's use regular English today. Like okay. regular, like, you know. Sorry, uh-huh. sorry, uh-huh. sorry, uh-huh. sorry. Uh-huh. You know, the temptation sometimes to tell lawyers is to show that we, is to try to uh, show that our school fees were very expensive. No, don't worry. We know oh, you went to school. We know, we know that your degree is expensive. <laughs> Just lose the grammar today. Let's understand you well, well. Uh-huh. Okay. So when they say forum shopping, is like going to before judges of the same level, mm-hmm. you know, to look for a judge that will give you a favorable order or a favorable set of conditions mm. that favors your side of the matter. Mm. It ought not to be so. Ordinarily, once you go to before a judge of one level, mm. you should be before that judge mm. and have your matter de- determined there. Mm. But oftentimes, you know, you have litigants who go to several judges because maybe the one judge that they went before the first time didn't give them the order or the relief that they sought and so they are going to go and try their luck elsewhere. Mm. It involves uh, a, a, a tweaking, so to speak, and an attempt to make it look as though the matter that they have brought before this second judge mm. is not the same thing that they brought, be, brought before the first judge. I see. And like you said, it makes the whole legal experience insufferable or difficult mm. for both the litigants and indeed the lawyers. Um, Nikkei, why is yeah. it so common in Nigeria? Okay, um, okay. I would like to just piggyback on you know on what she was saying now. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not even in all cases that the uh, litigants have like multiple actions or like the same action before multiple courts. You're speaking. You're speaking level. grammar. You're speaking grammar. Even, okay. Sometimes even at the first instance, like even at the first instance mm-hmm. where their matter comes before a judge. Mm-hmm. You see some people where, you know, like in some instances where the um, where the cause of action mm. or the reason why they are going to court mm. happened in, let me say, Port Harcourt. Mm. But then they go to, let me say, Lagos or Edo State mm. and bring that action before the court in Edo State. Mm. You know, that's also another type of shopping where you are not going to the court where you know that you're meant to go to mm-hmm. in your own jurisdiction mm-hmm. you're going to another jurisdiction well like to a sort of coordinate jurisdiction but in another place mm. to get what you want to get because you believe that if you go to perhaps the court in your state you might not get that why is it so common in Nigeria why it's not just common in Nigeria, actually. It's I common see. almost all over the world. Okay, yes. okay. But then, well, we can only speak our own condition. Hmm. So it's very well so well so it's common here because this is basically in the definition. They want something and they believe that if they go to court A, they might not get it. Hmm. And so they want like it's just the will, the desire to have your way by any, you know, by any means possible, like and basically any way in a way. <laughs> anyway, in a way. Ilamana, are there no laws that restrict which high courts can hear a particular case or stop a a litigant from carrying the same case to a second or third court? Hello, Ilamana. Um, we have very strong. We have laws that, um, that. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Can you? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So we have laws that we have laws that first of all define the jurisdiction of the courts. So they determine what cases can become before what type of court. So for instance, the Lagos State High Court, either the Constitution or the laws of the Lagos State House of Assembly that give jurisdiction, that give the power to the court to determine a certain type of cases are usually very explicit. They usually very explicitly say that these courts can hear such and such a matter of case, such and such a type of case. One. Two, um, say for instance, again, the Constitution defines the jurisdiction. 
or the authority of the courts of the federal high court to hear a particular type of case or the court of appeal or the supreme court so it's usually there the thing now comes down to what is the interpretation that the different lawyers give to it hmm. on the first on the, in the first instance now secondly this you, um, the question was your second question was whether there are no laws that prevent people from going from forum shopping mm-hmm. we actually do have laws judges hello hello can you hear me yes. judges are quite um, in quite a number of cases mm-hmm. unhappy about it if not for anything it increases their workload mm. if not for anything now they have to answer to an extra case that is frivolous but you see, our constitution guarantees the right to of every litigant to be able to approach a court. So even when people know that these matters are frivolous, they are given a right by the by the constitution to be able to approach a court. Hmm. Whether they will um, the, 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 the case that they are bringing has weight or is substantial or is frivolous hmm. is a different matter. Hmm. And in many cases, we the lawyers know that these matters are frivolous. But you see, the, the the litigant, the person who approaches the court, mm. has a right. And that right oversees or supersedes anything else. So at the very least, he can bring it to court and then the judge can determine or, um, to throw it out. But that right to bring it to court is preserved. I see. Uh, Nike, do you have anything to add to what Ilamona said? Um, not at all, actually. Like, I think he answered... You think he covered it pretty well. Uh, Let me come back to Lemona because, you know, he's also a politician. We often, uh, when it comes to politics, we often hear of litigants um, obtaining court orders from the industrial court. Why is the industrial court hearing political cases, Lemona? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that the industrial court hears political cases. I know that they hear matters that relate to our labor laws. So, for instance, if the NLC wants to go on strike, they go to the industrial court, typically because that is a labor issue. That is an employer-employee type situation. But with respect to um, political cases. In you know, on their own right, I don't know that they do that. I haven't heard well, I haven't heard of many orders that came from the industrial court that were strictly on political cases. Ooh. Typically, people will go there, people will go there if there's an employment issue, if there's an issue relating to our labor laws, people will go there. We saw, because, the, we, I mean, saw we, the we saw the APC in River State take Governor Wiki to the industrial court over the local government uh, chairman, uh, chairmanship elections? I think that they try to construe that as an employer-employee situation hmm. as opposed to a political matter, you know, in the strict sense of it. Hmm. I hmm. think they try to construe that that it involves the rights and obligations of workers and that the need to protect those rights and, um, and obligations and those benefits, those civil liberties, was a matter that it needed to be determined by the industrial court. That was not into. I think the interpretation they tried to give there mm. was that this was not a political or a constitutional matter mm. in the strict sense of it, but that it could have been narrowed down to an employer-employee situation or a situation that determined or required the protection of the rights and liberties of workers. But Nick, I think that was the... But, but, but Nike, isn't that, that, the, isn't that a, a stretch on their part, Nike? Um, I think that to um, awaken or to evoke the jurisdiction of any court, mm. um, you know, it's um, the lawyers involved in the matters mm-hmm. who, who draft the claim just like he said, in mm. such a way that it will awaken that court's jurisdiction. Mm. So ordinarily, like he has said, political mm. matters are not meant to be before the National Industrial Court. Mm. But the National Industrial Court has been charged by, you know, by the Nigerian Constitution to hear labor matters, employee-employee relations matters, like like basically things that trade unions and all that. Mm. You know, that is the 
very, very limited mandate of National Industrial Court. I see. So, it, yes, so, so where there is a political matter in court before the National Industrial Court and the court hears that matter, for the court to hear that matter, that means that the court has assumed jurisdiction to hear that matter. So now, if the court hears that matter, that means that there must have been in the drafting of the claims before that court. The wording, the way it was couched by the lawyer would have, you know, have been in a way that would make the court to hear the matter, like, you know, that would awaken the jurisdiction of the court. So, like he said now, like, in the case of River State, where the APC took the governor to court based on the local government's menene, it must be because they have assumed that the governor is the employer of the local government chairman. Hmm. And maybe he is like denying him like some benefits that should accrue to him. I see. You know, or something. I'm not abreast with the facts of that case, so I cannot comment on, comment this, on you know, it. Like, if you just joined the show, yeah. good evening to you. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. I have Nika Rongwala on the show with me alongside Ilemona Onoja. They're both legal practitioners and they're helping us uh, understand how we can improve our court system because that's our big question on the show today. How can we improve our court system? I told you that our big hard fact was uh, that according to the 2012 Lagos State Committee to review the civil procedure rules, the average judge has 20 cases on her docket a day. That's a lot of cases, a lot of cases. And it brings me to something that we hear a lot uh, in the news. It's been in the news a lot since um, 2018, in fact. Ex parte order. Nika, what is an ex parte order? Okay, so that was expert. Mm. So an expert order is an order that is got from a competent court mm-hmm. upon the hearing of an expert motion. Mm. So an expert motion like just means like a motion that has come before the court. It's really an urgent motion. Mm. And by the death, you know, by the very definition, only one party that is heard. The other party is not put on notice. Okay. So you know, so yeah, so it's only one party that is held. So an expatriate order is an order that has been brought based on an expatriate motion. Now, most expatriate motions are usually for grants of like things like injunctions. When you come to the court, you know, and then you know, like you cry that it's very, very urgent. I do not have the time to put party B on notice okay. because by the time. I, you know, so by the time I get to party B, my rights might have been extinguished. Or for an order, for example, you want to serve and mm-hmm. then you have been paid for the person to serve. Mm-hmm. And then you go to say, I have not been able to find this person to serve, but please grant my expertise my application to allow me to serve the person by substituted means. Now, there are some some harmless expatriate orders and then there's some that are deemed to be harmful. Hmm. Like, you know, you know, like in court. Now, you know, and most times for like expatriate orders that are asking for things like the local, um, um, sorry, like entering injunctions mm-hmm. in courts, mm-hmm. are usually not to grant those orders unless the party bringing that expatriate motion before the court has put facts before the court to show that it is really urgent. If we do not do this now, this will happen. And you know, and usually, usually when those when those applications are granted, it's, you know, like it's really an interim injunction. Like usually, you know, like expires in 14 days or seven days, at least 21 days, just enough to give the person that has come before the court time to put the other party on notice so that his right to fair hearing is not being extinguished. Mm. So basically, yes. So basically, in an expert order, only one person has been heard. I see. But hasn't heard what the other person, you know, um, you know, like um has to say for some reason. Mm. Reason that must be co- you know substantial and cogent. Mm-hmm. 
the court deems it necessary to grant this order. Hmm. But in Elamoja, we've seen a lot of courts grant a lot of ex parte orders. Do you think they're being abused? Elamona. I think the connection to Elamona isn't uh, working great. Hi, sorry, sorry, <laughs> can you hear me? I, I forgot to unmute. Oh, okay, all right, can go ahead. Yes. Okay, so you can't deny that in some cases that there are incidents of abuse. Okay. It's impossible to deny. Um, typically, um, a person who is finding an ex parte order has to do certain assurances um, on the one hand one of which includes that the applications are not frivolous. Hmm. Another um, another um, example is that, you know, that there is a time constraint, which if not taken into consideration, will lead to the um, violation of his rights. You know, so there has to be at the very minimum two bases, one of which is that this is really, really urgent. If you don't do something now, there will be a violation of my rights on the one hand, and then on the other hand, you know that, you know, this is not necessarily frivolous. This has some substance. There's something to be determined here. You've seen, and we've seen on quite a number of occasions, judges who give um, orders, ex parte orders, respect the judges, who give um, ex parte orders without necessarily meeting the criteria, you know, for the granting of those as stipulated by law, for the hmm. granting of orders. Hmm. That, 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 that goes without saying. But... I've come to, over the course of my practice, I've come to realize that the incidents of that are not as many as, um, you know, the generality of the public will have us believe. I'd like to believe that they don't happen as frequently as, you know, it, it, it is discussed in our circle. It doesn't happen very frequently, but yes, there are incidents of abuse. Hmm. Okay, so perhaps it doesn't happen very frequently, but with the politics and political matters, it tends to happen frequently. Would you Would you say? Uh, well, it does happen there more frequently. Hmm. It does happen there more frequently. But then again, uh, uh, they are always, if you look at them um, thoroughly, hmm. you would always, and this goes more. This is more a criticism of our political class than it is a criticism of the judiciary. Okay. Because quite often in the political class, there's a willingness to either violate a regulation, either an, an external or internal, mm. violate a law of some sort, mm. or generally seek to abridge or violate the right of the Nigerian Our We have a political class that is very often power drunk. That's the reality. Hmm. So the instance, it, we're often in a place where one person is typically about always that close to shouting, hey, hold on, my rights are about to be infringed. My rights are about to be abridged. Simply because we're a political class that doesn't really take the very strict respect the rights and privileges of Nigerian people seriously. So see. it often puts the judiciary in a place Hmm. where the orders have to be issued because there is a right that is being threatened or a law, the breach of which is being threatened. Hmm. Hmm. So it, this is my criticism. For me, it is more a criticism of, of the political, political system than, than the courts. Nika, do you agree? Well, well, well. Well, yes, I do. Yes, I well, I agree because just to an extent. Okay. Because, well, because uh, even though it's the political class that goes to court, it's still the court that grants the expertise orders mm. based on like things that might not be very substantial. Okay. Because the, the whole point of an expertise order most times is just to restrict further infringements basically hmm. on a you know you know um like on a right that is being perceived as being infringed and then you're restricting it for a short while just long enough to put the other person on notice mm -hmm. so like when 
when it comes to like political matters now i'm not well versed in this so i will not really comment on it mm. but when it comes to like political matters then there's not a lot that is that urgent that cannot wait seven days to serve the other party you know and other for like accelerated um you know like um hearing of the matters that both parties are heard basically mm. so you know, so while I agree with all that he has, like, um, just to, like, add to that, like... Because mm. at, at the end of the day, it's still the courts that grant the ex-party motions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, when, when it comes to... Um, Can I respectfully disagree? Can I respectfully disagree? Sure. Go ahead. Particularly in politics, particularly in politics, mm. people attempt to ambush opponent on a regular basis. Okay. It is important that for instance, you would hear the state government say today that they will punish the house of a political opponent on Thursday. We're suddenly not hearing you as clearly. Okay, sorry, can you hear me clearly? Yes, this is better. Yes. Okay, so it is typically in politics that you will hear for instance, and this real-life scenario, mm. where a, a political opponent will be threatened that your house will be demolished in a couple of days. If that opponent waits the seven days that is required by law to put, or the time frame required by law mm-hmm. to put the other party on notice, mm-hmm. it also have been demolished. Thereafter, an injunction cannot be granted because basically, if you are, what are you granting an injunction for? To prevent the house from being demolished? The house has already been demolished. So what? Ergo, so what? The what, need for an ex parte order. What? what, what this, is, this is a real life scenario that I have given. You. So, so what? Real life. what quali- and those things are all. Too- what qualifies? <laughs> hold on, Nike. Nike, hold on. What qualifies as? Because I've heard both of you mention ridiculous um, um, requests for an ex parte um, order. So what qualifies as a ridiculous request? Um, Ilanona, I'll come back to you, Nike. <laughs> It will go from case to case. I, 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 unless I see the scenario, mm. you know. But it will go it varies from case to case. Okay. Really. If, for instance, if for instance, again using the example I just used, mm-hmm. a government has issued a demolition notice mm-hmm. to say that your property will be de- demolished in thirty days from now. Mm-hmm. There's no basis for an ex order mm. because if you have thirty days to dra- draw up your case to. Put the other party no, on notice. That is the government on notice, mm-hmm. and then both of you come before the court. Mm-hmm. So if you go to court, you have thirty days or sixty days, and you're asking for an ex parte order. Mm. I would say, for instance, that the grand thereof would be frivolous I to see. my mind because you have more than enough time to put the other party on notice. Mm. However, if today being Tuesday, government says issues a a, a demolition notice and says we will demolish your property on Friday. You have three days. So, I mean, in that time, that qualifies, to my mind, for the grant of an ex parte order. And this is just using one of a wide variety of examples that potentially exist. Mm. But the frivolity or substan- um, frivolity or otherwise of applications for orders mm. varies from case to case. Uh, Nika, you so are going I cannot to give you a blanket uh, example. Nika, yes. you are going to say something. Over to you. Yes, I agree with everything that he has said. But but then in the scenario that he has just painted, I don't see how this is a political matter. This is like a matter where the government wants to demolish somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Now, the person is a politician, doesn't like automatically make it a political matter, strictly sense. I'm talking about in purely political matters. Now, like in this his scenario. An expatriate order, like here, is necessary. Mm. Like there is, you know, like you know, like it's urgent. Mm-hmm. There is cogent reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like his house is about to be demolished. Mm-hmm. But give me a purely political example, like something that is like in politics that doesn't have to do with Okay. All right. Hold on. My lord, may I? May I, my lord, may I? (laughs) (laughs) You may. You may. (laughs) 
Here's what's gonna happen. Here's what's gonna happen. You hold that thought. You let me know. hold that thought. I'll take a break and we'll come back and then we'll hear that example. I'll also think of examples of, of ex party motions that I've heard myself and then I'll bring it to both of you and uh, we'll, we'll hear what you both decide. If you just joined the show, hello, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwesli. I've got legal practitioners on the show. We're trying to have a conversation about how our court system can work more efficiently. Don't go away. Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesli. All right, Lagos, let's do this. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. We've got Ilemona Onoja on the phone, on on uh, on uh, Zoom with us, as well as uh, Nika Romgolo. You can watch on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. Don't forget that I'm asking you your own experience with the courts. Have you had a case in court? Uh, how long did that case last? Was the judgment clear? Are there things that you think that uh, we can improve as far as our courts are concerned. Uh, Ilamona, you were going to give us a clear example before the break. Um, the example I would... Hold on. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. The example I like to give stems from, say, for instance, a situation where a candidate is on the verge of being disqualified mm-hmm. from contesting primaries because mm-hmm. of a violation of his rights, for instance. Yeah. I can give you one example that didn't go all the way to court, but if an ex parte order had been granted in the circumstances, that would make sense. Said example being, um, say, for instance, the screening of Governor Basaki and his subsequent disqualification while he was in the in the um, APC before his movement to the PD. Another example would be the ongoing um, establishment or dissolution of the NWC of the APC mm-hmm. and the institution of a caretaker committee that is not recognized by the APC constitution. If anybody appro- had approached a court before mm-hmm. and sought an order an ex parte order mm-hmm. before the dissolution of the um, NWC. Mm-hmm. That would make that's mm-hmm. a political mm-hmm. that would make pure sense. Mm-hmm. The only reason why people didn't do so was because they were afraid, you know, of, of the possible harassment and intimidation that could come from, from the government. But if somebody had gone to a court in that sort of scenario, mm-hmm. that would have made perfect sense. I see. Now, last year, during the Bauchi elections, an ex-party order was obtained to stop collision of results. The PDP condemned it, saying that it was tying INEC's hands. Was an ex-party order to stop collision necessary and urgent? Or could the matter have been decided while the counting was ongoing or even when it was over? <sighs> Um, a difficult question, very difficult question. But I think that the PDP were right in that time. My next constitutional responsibility is the conduct of election, the collation of results, and the subsequent announcement thereof. If they were in the process of um, carrying out their constitutional duties, I'm hard-pressed to see what the urgency to stop them from doing their hard-pressed duties, their, um, their constitutional duties were, particularly when a mode of redress at the tribunal existed thereafter, after the fact. So it's, I, I don't think that the expert, I, I, I think I, I, I align with the PDP in that particular instance. I don't think that the expert order was, um, was, um, was, was, was necessary in that scenario. Nike, what do you think? I'm so waiting to hear the political matter that went to court and then the expert order was rightly given. <laughs> so, you, so all the examples so far, yeah. you don't think any of them... Uh, they, did not go to court. they did not go to court. Like he said, it would have been right mm. if it was wanted in those scenarios had they gone to court. In this embouching scenario now mm-hmm. what was so urgent what was as like you know as like what reasons did they give you know that actually necessitated the grants of an other expert in their favor now um, after it, no um, 
one of the things about other expertise is that they they give only interim reliefs or they are meant to give only interim reliefs. Like the reliefs are meant to last just until you can put the other party on notice and come back to court. Hmm. So basically, you know, like it's, you know, like meant to something like, you know, like, okay, stop counting until you can bring A and B to court to tell me why we should stop this counting. That's like what is meant to read, hmm. for example. Okay. So like what was very urgent, what was so urgent that that order had to be granted, basically. So like, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't see it. Perhaps it was. I just do not know it. Okay. So I don't know. At this point, let me let Lagos into the conversation. 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. There's WhatsApp as well. Today is a day for, um, you know, the lawyers to educate us on hard facts. So if you are a legal pr- practitioner listening to the show, please call into the show as well. Uh, you can send us a WhatsApp message if you are too busy to call at the moment. WhatsApp is OHO 959 We've got this message that says, despite the anomalies in the judiciary, they will they are still the last hope for the common man, Joseph in Lagos says. Uh, somebody wants to know, can an ex-party order be used to get a property at the Supreme Court after the Court of Appeal has said otherwise? I'm not sure I understand that question, Tunde. You're going to have to ask it again so that it can make sense to us. 99.3. Ah, sorry about that. Call us back if you can. 99.3. Hello. Okay, so we seem to be having issues with our connection on the phones. Hello? Hello? Hi, good evening. Good evening. What's your name? Ogochuku is my name. I'm calling from Bagada. Welcome, Ogochuku. Yeah. Um, intriguing and interesting discussions that we've listened to. It almost sounds, it almost tried to look like a movie. You know, the way they were trying to argue on either side of your question. Okay. But at the opening, I sensed a bit of, um, how would I put it? Um, Comments coming out from our guests in the studio. I see, if, okay, George is taking 20 cases a day. Yes, it's bad. But I thought it sounded to me as if it is interesting to us because the stories that we listen to, like we just listened on radio, is intriguing and nobody's thinking, okay, so if the judges are not able to do 20, how can we get them to be as efficient as possible? Mm. So, does it require us having more judges? Does it require us having assistant or creating job, a form of creating job for the lawyers to help us clear this? this uh, the congestion. Uh, congestion. Mm. Okay. So, yes, it's interesting to listen to. It's interesting. It's, it's probably the way the, 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 the legal profession have said it should go. Mm. Yes, but we're having issues with it at this time. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you for calling to, to, to say that. It brings me to my next question. Ilemona, we often talk about the courts being congested, right? And cases taking years to be resolved sometimes. What are the main causes of uh, court congestion? We're not hearing you, Ilemona. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, this is much better. Yes, Okay. Insufficient judges in terms of number. Okay. We simply don't have enough. Okay. In our the particularly in the appellate court, we have um uh, we have quite a limited number of judges. Okay. In the appellate that's the court of appeal and the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. We have quite a limited number of judges. Mm-hmm. Now we also have we we don't have enough in terms of structure mm. or small claims court mm. where, you know, pretty um, simple matters are taking to for effective resolution, effective and speedy 
resolution. We don't have enough of the structure in terms of small things. Hmm. Um, three, in terms of share infrastructure. Hmm. In 2020, the bulk of our judicial officers take their notes by hand in 2020. Hmm. So you said um, that the review committee in Lagos said mm-hmm. that the uh, normal judge has 20 cases on her docket on average every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So think about how slow it would be where that judge literally has to write down everything that is said in every one of those 20 cases by hand mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. If we also take in ineffective cases... We're struggling to hear you. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yes, very clearly. Ineffective case, case management systems. There's, there's quite a plethora of reasons why these things happen. Uh, and hopefully we should be able to get resolutions to those very soon. But fundamentally, one, we don't have, we simply don't have enough judges. Enough judges. Two, we, we simply have very poor, very basic, in fact, in, I don't think basic is what to say, non-existent infrastructure and then three the structure of the judicial system is we don't have enough in terms of small claims courts on the one hand two we have a court system where almost every claim can be brought into the court system as opposed to be taken to a small claims court where it can be speedily dispensed with say for instance in the case of the supreme court it now becomes the apex appellate court for everything Hmm. so A case of somebody who was arrested for stealing a goat can actually get up to our Supreme Court. This is not the case in crime, say, for like instance, the United States, where the Supreme Court is reserved for very serious matters relating to constitutional law and, you know, thereabouts. In Nigeria, I know of a land of a land matter that got all the way to the Supreme Court and then was sent back to the federal to the high court, the state high court, to start afresh. It took a case, uh, almost 20 years. That ordinarily shouldn't happen. Hmm. We should reserve, say, for instance, hmm. we should establish a small claims court system where really small claims can be taken to, speedily dispensed with, and they don't clog our judiciary with those kind of cases, if you understand what I mean. Nika, we're seeing um, arbitration rise as an alternative to the full courts, yeah? Um, What is arbitration and and how does it work? Okay, I would answer you, but then I would also like to add to why the courts are also congested. Yes, please, go ahead. And, you know, I agree, yes, all you said is valid, but we must also not... We can also not downplay the role that lawyers play in clogging the system. I see. Some lawyers deliberately, deliberately, they go to court and then they are not prepared. The judges are made to adjourn the action. Sometimes you have a matter in court and then a particular side deliberately delays it. Sometimes it's even like a strategy. Like they deliberately do not want this matter to go on. So you even have situations where the courts are ready and willing, but the parties are not. Hmm. Because in some instances, some lawyers get paid every day they go to court. Hmm. Like, you know, your daily pay. Mm-hmm. When you go to court, they pay you appearance fee. Hmm. God forbid that's the only case that you have. You are reasoning that if this case finished now, this appearance fee has also finished. That matter, eh, they will use that matter and train three children. That one matter, train three children. Use that same matter and build house. So even in some instances, like I agree that we do have a structural problem, but even the legal practitioners themselves sometimes are not ready to proceed with the matters. And that cannot be downplayed at all because, for example, now, like I have like instances where I go to court and then you're going to court for this particular matter. And then this this class side keeps on bringing motions upon motions upon motions upon motions. Motions for over three years, the substantive matter has not been heard. The matter hasn't even got to like pre-trial. 
because it is the actual strategy of the other side to just frustrate the matter. So while I agree that we do have like a structural problem, the human problem there is also part of the very, problem. It's it's an important part of the problem. It's an important part of the problem. Sometimes so you go to court, one particular court will never sit. You will go there, January, February to December. The courts no they ever sit. Like that court will just not sit. You know, so we do Can have a problem and a human problem too. Hmm. Yes. Can I chip in something here? Please? Yeah, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sandra, mm-hmm. um um I don't how do I say this without necessarily come across necessarily coming across as campaigning for for somebody. Okay. But you know, we're, we're in the race for the NBA presidency, mm-hmm. right? And I listened to the interview of someone who, um, yesterday, where this, what we're talking about now, mm-hmm. is it was, was a focal point. How the, how the judicial experience is, is terrible for most of the people who become involved, who have any reason to encounter it. And so, such that the judiciary isn't even the last hope of the common man anymore. It's a terrible thing. Hmm. My father personally had be, has been in judiciary before over an illegal termination of his of his employment. That took him maybe 10 years to get... We were in court from 1998, January 98, up until about July of 2008, 10 years. Hmm. So it, it, it's a problem that's existed for a long time. And and, and I was... I, I listened to this candidate for, for um, president of the NBA address this issue and say how one of the things that the MBA should drive is how to call its members to order to ensure that things like what Nikke just said don't happen. Where lawyers are strictly driving as a strategy the elongation of a case, either for the with the intention to frustrate it or with the intention to unnecessarily milk the... Client. litigants of money and resources. Mm. When Olumide Apata said so yesterday, it really got it really resonated with me because that shows the sort of foresight that we require. When we say that the, the bar requires some sort of discipline, it isn't so that we will be able to um, frog jump people and flog them and all that. It is that I was lawyers stop from saying, they, my lord, may I? Or stop Lassisi from saying, my lord, may I? It is that we should have a system of ethics, a code of ethics that prevents lawyers from doing that as a trial strategy and that ensures that if the people employ it as a trial strategy, that they are called to some sort of order, that there is a peer review mechanism Hmm. that ensures that we lawyers are able to hold ourselves accountable to one another to ensure that we act above board at all times and that we do not unnecessarily frustrate or clog the wheels of justice and prevent them from rolling at all. Mm. Chocolate of having them roll slowly. Mm. Nika, let me come back to you with that question about arbitration as we wrap up this interview. What is it? How does it work? In what situations would you recommend arbitration? So basically, arbitration is a system of dispute resolution that is out of the court process, but it's also binding. So um, basically, the parties agree that in the event a dispute arises, that they will choose to settle their disputes via arbitration. Hmm. What this, you know, this can be done in one of two ways, either before the dispute arises or when the dispute hmm. arises, like the parties have seen that, oh, hmm. okay, this has come now. We do not want to go to court and clog up our system. Hmm. You know, so, you know, so let us settle our disputes amicably outside court in a way that is also binding and enforceable and legally enforceable. Mm. So basically in arbitration, the parties or, well, the disputing parties have, um, um, they will pick the laws that should govern the dispute resolution process. For example, now, if you go to the court, you must use the Finance Act, you know, and then there's like the strict procedure, you know, in the court system. But then in arbitration, that's flexible. There's party autonomy, there's privacy, there's, um, well, it's, it's meant to be quicker, you know, cheaper in a way, like cheaper, particularly in terms of, you know, 
time na money. Hmm. So like in that way, it's way cheaper than spending years in the court system. So basically arbitration is just a system of settling disputes in a binding manner out of the court. And then you choose the you choose your arbiters basically, like you choose the people that you want to hear your dispute. Hmm. So, so, you so, so in what situations would you recommend it? It's used vastly in commercial matters because people's well well because people have like businesses to run. Hmm. They don't have time to spend time in perpetuating in courts hmm. and then you know they want things to keep moving. So it's used vastly in commercial matters. In Nigeria and um, overseas, now in um, in in most civil matters, arbitration can be used. In most civil, I think in all civil matters actually. But in criminal matters, I I do not I do not believe it can be used in all criminal matters. Mm. I do not believe that it can be used in all criminal matters because, particularly, that's where the state comes in on behalf of the citizen. You know, of the um, victim, hmm. basically, because when there's a crime, there's always a victim. Hmm. So the state usually represents the victim. But in 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 almost all civil situations, I you know I believe that arbitration can be used. And in Nigeria now, you know, like we have the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators that is doing like amazing things. You know, like they train lawyers non-lawyers actually too because you don't have to be a lawyer to be an arbitrator you know, ah, so. I see I see. Yeah. All right, Nike and uh, Ilamona, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, this is a conversation I want to continue, but unfortunately, my producers are giving me a signal that my time is up. So I'd like to thank both of you for joining us on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. I hope you will come back and uh, we can talk about the law and the courts some more so that we can demystify it, you know, so that Nigerians will stop being so afraid of courts or stop thinking about the complications that arise from these courts. But thank you for your time thank you bye Okay, Lagos, thank you for being a part of today's Hard Facts. Um, it's been quite, quite the show, uh, if I do say so myself. You heard us when we were talking about uh, um, uh, the PTF's recommendations to continue the lockdown for another um, four weeks, the second phase of, of East lockdown, that is. Uh, you also heard us on Community Review Report when we talked to you about Lagos State Government considering, um, what's it called now, locking down 18 local government areas. We also told you uh, on today's Big Hard Fact that there are things that our courts can do so that they can work more efficiently. So here's hoping you learned something or the other. Congratulations